This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. This show is brought to you by IndieWrestling.us. Check out IWC, RWA, and more. And listeners like you, support this show at Patreon.com slash Wrestling Mayhem Show. Hey guys, it is the Indie Mayhem Show. I'm Mike Sorg at Sorgatron on the Twitter here in the Sorgatron Media Studios here in Pittsburgh, PA, and we are back with the Indie Mayhem Show. It's been a it's been a little while since we've done this. We've been kind of doing special shows and hangouts and things like that, and not so much for a regular interview. Uh, uh, pretty much since March, when everything went sideways with uh, COVID and and all the wrestling shows going away and half coming back and 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 we're not really sure what to promote these days because uh there we, we weren't sure what was going to happen but we are back with it uh there's somebody that's been uh uh two individuals that have been making an impression before all the shutdown and even now currently especially currently with uh one of uh our friends uh projects on uh, indie wrestling.us our friends at fight underground uh making making a lot of impressions over there. But first, please go check out everything at IndieWrestling.us and WrestlingMayhemShow.com. Uh, WrestlingMayhemShow.com. You can check out all the other wrestling, pro wrestling um, podcasts that we do, uh, including our live show on Tuesday night with Wrestling Mayhem Show, the Monday Night Warriors show, uh, right after Raw goes off the air. And, of course, at IndieWrestling.us, where we have so much content going on right now, including some new content finally coming to IndieWrestling.network. Look for that. There's a lot of exciting stuff that's going to be announced in the next few weeks for IndieWrestling.network, including just signed on the dial line for a new wrestling promotion being a part of that network. So please go check that out. You guys have been so great during this crazy off time uh, in supporting those projects. So with me again, a group that has impressed me for uh, I, I, I first experienced uh, back at the old Uprise shows with Rise Wrestling. Warhoss is with us. That's Crosshairs Kelly and Pat the Bruiser. How you doing, guys? Hey. Doing pretty doing good, good, man. How are you, Sword? Now I got I gotta point out, if you're not visually with us, um and listen on the audio podcast version, because every time that we've done something with Warhoss, it seems like they're coming to us live from their car <laughs> when we do these fight underground <laughs> live streams. And uh, you're in separate cars this time at least. Yeah, we are in separate vehicles this time. Um we uh Coming down to Newark, Ohio, to the Ohio Pro Wrestling Academy for Open Gym. So that's where we trained at, and that's where we still come to, you know, work on stuff and attempt to get better. So. That's awesome. So that's where we're at right now. One of our icebreaker questions, like a little get to know you before we get into uh, uh, what Warhouse is about. Um, so, so tell me, what is your earliest memory of pro wrestling for each of you? Uh, in all honesty, it was, I'd say more likely like the Stone Cold Rock Attitude Era mm-hmm. type of wrestling. Just the intensity, the rivalry, just all of it just, just drew me in. So Rock and Stone Cold was probably some of the earliest memories of wrestling that I, I can remember that really drew me into wrestling. Excellent. Kelly? Yeah, for me, um, definitely uh, The Undertaker. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, that first Hell in the Cell, debut of Kane, that kind of, that was like the thing that caught my attention. Something about, you know, just being locked in the cage and then the blood and then 
just this this huge behemoth of a man coming out, ripping the door off the cage. And <laughs> that kind of is what caught my attention and drew me in. And then over time, I just developed this sick fascination with it. So definitely, definitely Attitude Era, baby. But I've grown to love more than just the Attitude Era. Thank God. <laughs> So, so for both of you, was it a, uh, you know, at what point did you think you wanted to get into the ring? Was it from seeing it and, and, and just like, I want to be a part of this uh, initially, or did that come over time for you guys? Not for me, uh, it was uh, a, um, no. okay, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Crosshair. Uh, for me, it was uh, definitely just, because initially, like, I wasn't really interested, but a bunch of my friends were. And then when I started watching it and started getting into it more and, like, realizing what it was about, that's when I was like, I really want to do this. So when I found out, like, there is a, a path or an opportunity to do so, I was like, that was my focus. And that had been my focus for, I would say, at least 10 years mm-hmm. before I could actually follow the follow the path and attempt to get to where I want to be. You know? Excellent. Well, you, Pat. Well, you, Pat. Uh, for me, it's kind of different. It's not the typical. I've always wanted to be a wrestler. Uh, one of my buddies went to the tryout, and I went to decided to follow him to see what it was about. And then the moment I got into the ring and started running the ropes and doing the things, and I just I got hooked instantly. Got hooked, and it's been it's got hooked and I've been addicted ever since. Mm-hmm. Excellent. So, so how did how did you guys uh, you know did you guys train together or uh, you know find yourselves kind of later on to become a tag team? The combination of two. So we actually uh, we trained together at uh, OPWA, mm-hmm. um, and like it was weird because like I I messaged uh, James Avery the head trainer and I was like you know hey like I'm not in super great shape like but I really want to do this. And he was like well I'm fat so you can come on down and uh, give it a try and I was like okay whatever. <laughs> But it was just like, it was me, Pat, his brother, and another wrestler called Asylum. And like, we were just like all big dudes. Like, there's just a bunch of big dudes in one class. And so it kind of worked out. So that, yeah. that that's unusual because, you know, it feels like there's not a lot of like large, capable guys in indie wrestling. Like, you feel like it's a, it, it, you know, I want to say mostly cruiserweights to a point, but, you know, it, it's always striking to me when I, you know, I'm 6'4", and I walk into a room with the roster, and I see that I'm taller than everybody. That seems to happen right. less and less these days when we have guys like you, guys like the main event, PB Smooth on the rosters. Like, it's it, it's like the rosters are growing physically these days. Dude, and it, it's, I, I'm a big fan of it, too, because, like, I would either, personally, I prefer to work, like, the littler guys because they can do, like, the flips and the cool stuff. But, like, there's nothing better than getting two big guys in there that know what they're doing mm-hmm. and, you know, like, don't mind the physicality of just being two big dudes about to fight each other, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so what did... like, I, refu- I refuse to fight Pat because he's overly <laughs> aggressive. So tell tell me a little bit about how you guys kind of clicked as a tag team. You're already just in a, a group of big guys. Um, it wasn't just hey, you're the two big guys, throw you together, right? No, not at all. Um, actually, he um he was tagging with his brother uh, James the Baker Hickey um, for I want to say what about a year. You guys were tagging or so. Um, I was kind of initially on my own, and then I started tagging with Asylum for a little bit. But that was short-lived, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so then it was back to me being, being on my own again. Um, Ian Baker were tearing it up tag team wise in a sense. Um, I believe Baker took a break. Um, and that kind of left me without, well, left him without a partner. So he was kind of doing a singles thing. And then we tagged one time. It was a random show where I just needed somebody to tag with. And we tagged one time and it was just like, it was very easy mm-hmm. to work with him. Mm-hmm. And like, we just had this natural chemistry just from training, I'm assuming. And then just like be, us being in the ring. And we also have like the similar mentality. Cause like, we want to, like, we want to work big, but at the same time, we don't want to be slow and boring or uncoordinated. Mm-hmm. Like there's mm-hmm. a, there's a certain mentality and a certain style of match that we want to put out and that doesn't, we don't want it to be atypical. So like, we're getting to the point now where like, we can, we can look at each other and know what we want to do, or, you know, he'll may move a certain way. And I'm like, okay, this is what I should do here. And like, so there's just this weird natural chemistry with us. And then on top of us just being together all the time, um, it just kind of worked out. So it, was, it was a weird timing thing. Um, and because initially when we were getting ready to tag, we were supposed to be in a tournament at OCW for their tag titles. And I actually tore my ACL. So that kind of put me on the show for, I think it was about six months, which gave him time to like travel with like Bruce Gray and Ron Mathis and, you know, work at Rockstar and just get better. Like he got so so good so quick in a mm-hmm. sense and so when i came back he kind of helped me because i was a big fan of not working like a big man um so like there, yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of give and take in our tag team like we, we learn from each other and we don't mind criticizing each other and being real so i think that's another thing it's like we will argue and then i'll sit there and pout because yeah. i don't know that's just kind of how we function so we flow well that's good um tell me a little bit about it so you you're um you know what does the scene look like for for training getting out there you you mentioned uh bruce gray and ron mathis um definitely you know guys we've seen down here in pittsburgh i've seen them up in promotions in in cleveland uh that we're associated with um you know how how are they as an influence for you guys and 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 things like rockstar and ocw huge Rod Mathis and Bruce Gray helped me out a lot when I first started because the best way to learn in this business when you get out of training, you got to get on the road, you got to hit shows. And it's just, it's always good to have people like that to pick their brains, learn from, and just, just get you better. Mm-hmm. Just get you better. Yeah, absolutely. Like both of them have been around forever. Um, Bruce actually trained at OPWA. Uh, when he started wrestling, um, but he was a referee before that, and he was an internationally traveled referee. So when you have two guys that have traveled and have worked and like know and love and breathe the business, like it's amazing, like the stuff that they, the random stuff they know. Like we were listening to a podcast last week uh, with the uh, Arn Anderson and Tully, and like every, before everything was said, Bruce Gray was just like going into details about everything, and so just being able to absorb the things that they have. And I think they're two highly underrated individuals, but like they've been tagging now lately as DD tra- trash and being able to work with them in the ring and then, you know, pick it, pick their brains outside the ring and just get advice from them. Mm-hmm. It's just like, there's nothing better than that. And like, I feel like we, we get the, uh, the long end of the stick a lot of the times when it comes to like the vets and them giving us advice because 
you know, we try not to cause too much drama in the back. And we, you know, we're there to have fun a lot of the time. So when people give us advice, like we, we listen to it, we process it, and then we try to adapt to it. So Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is just like getting that advice, hitting the road with these vets and then applying it is what makes you better. Excellent. So, so tell me a little bit about, you know, obviously, you know, hitting the road has been a big part of things. Um, but everybody, of course, all that kind of stops short here, um, in, in March with the, uh, COVID quarantine lockdown issues. Um, how did you guys kind of find adjusting to that? Obviously some things are starting up. You guys are obviously, you know, still getting out there, getting the training, uh, and everything now. But how did that kind of come back and how did you kind of, um, I don't know, for better lack of a better word, cope with that kind of situation? It was initially, for me, heartbreaking because um, right around the time, right before it hit, we had a full calendar almost. Mm-hmm. Like We were basically pretty much booked up all the way through December with multiple debuts and like probably about 90% of that just got scrapped. Yeah. So that was initially, it was just like, man, that's rough. Like, what are we going to do? Me personally, I, I, I just kind of focused on like real life stuff and started working like a lot of overtime and just trying to get that done. And then eventually I was like, you know what? Like just seeing everybody's post online and like how everybody was getting better and like at least like being in the gym and then watching tapes and still cutting promos. So things like that kind of inspired me and kind of got me thinking. And then plus our trainers were like, this is an this this is a reset button. This puts everybody on an even playing field. So take this time to better yourself. So I actually went out and got a personal trainer. Um, Bruiser's been working on his diet. So we're just like trying to do everything around not actually necessarily being able to wrestle constantly, you know, focusing a little bit more on social media, getting gear, uh, just trying to, you know, make connections and networks for when things do reopen because a lot of promotions now aren't running. So, you know, in our mind, this gives us an opportunity to send some stuff out mm-hmm. and, you know, try to get somebody's eye just in case when they do start running again, you know, they know who we are. Excellent. Uh, so uh, one of those things that, that has kind of come out, of course, is uh, we've seen you at the, as part of Fight Underground, a, a kind of a new promotion that's been doing something a little bit different. Um, you know, uh, and full disclaimer, you know, I'm, I'm shooting on that. It's part of a project that I'm involved with as well, but with IndieWrestling.us. But it was kind of a different idea. And I don't know how many of these promotions that you're working for now are this kind of closed set, just the... The, the the other wrestlers are watching the guys and girls in the on the on the on the roster um has that how, how have you adapted to even that kind of different um environment to perform in at least for uh for me it hasn't been too much of a thing because i know like for us the way we train um a lot of times we'll do a uh we'll do practice matches during our training session mm-hmm. so we'll have you know our other our, our other classmates or people that are, you know, starting out, they'll be there to see us work. And then our trainers are there, of course, you know, they have zero filter and, you know, so they're just like on us constantly about the little things and getting better at the little things to make the bigger things better. Um, so while initially it was, a, it is, it is different. Um, not having a crowd, you know, that reaction and that energy, from them you have the reaction and the energy from the other workers which i think is really awesome though too because you get the opportunity to have you know the other guys see you work like you know right in the action 
because normally, you know, either people are, you know, working on their matches, you know, getting prepared for their stuff. So I don't necessarily have the time to focus on anybody else. But the way with this is set up, you can actually literally see what everybody's doing. You can see what your competition, you know, brings to the table and gives you something else to focus on. And I think that's just a different aspect. And I like, I think it's really cool the way that it works too. Um, just that raw, natural fight setting. I think it's really sweet. It's you know, a unique thing to adjust to. Because like I said, like you were saying, you're used to the crowd and you're used to everything. But uh, at the end of the day, for me, it's still wrestling. It's still physical. It's still hitting. Mm-hmm. It's still battling. It's still scratching. So at the end of the day, it's, just, it's, it's pretty much wrestling at its purest form. One of the uh, so I I gotta say I've been uh, you know personally entertained by you guys since you first hit the scene here under a different name that somebody else is using uh, <laughs> these days. <laughs> um, I don't know if you want to speak to that uh, branding. I guess has been an issue for you guys. Although Warhouse, I think has been a great uh, pivot for you as well. So okay, so we we realized that the the name thing was going to be an issue. Especially when he won, when that person hey, won a specific ta- championship. We, we can say, right? We, it's Warhorse was originally your Yeah, it's, yeah. it's Jake Parnell. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, he, uh, when, he won that, when, he won that inter- when he won the Internet t- Championship, I knew that that was the start of some of our vets going, hey, you might want might to consider your name change. Mm-hmm. So, we were like, oh, we're going to write it out and see how this plays out. And then once he started coming more over to the East Coast, we were like, all right, this is getting, getting kind of <laughs> sketchy. So initially it was uh, a lot of it, it was mainly Ron and Bruce initially were like, hey, you might want to work, start working on a name change. And then we were at a rock star one time and we were just getting ready for a match. And um, Bolton came up to us and was like, hey, you know, I like you guys. I just want to give you a heads up. You know, Parnell's picking up steam. You might want to consider it. Uh, we had another buddy that ran into him on another show and they talked about it. Um, so we were sitting around trying to think about what we wanted to be called. And so eventually a promotion gave us the name War Pigs. And we're like, mm. oh, we don't want to be called pigs. Mm. Mm. We were not a fan of that. We were actually super pissy about it. So we're like, you know what? Screw that. We're hosses. We're big boys. We know how to move. We know how to work. But we're still bringing that same level of intensity. So we just like War Hoss it is. And, you know, I feel like that describes us better. Um, I get a dig out of the name. We still got to keep the... WH, which was already on our gear and on our shirt. <laughs> so it worked out really well. Um, and I know a lot of people that we run into are big fans of our name too, because it's something, it's something different, you know, mm-hmm. it's not the same thing. And uh, even when, and when we changed our name, uh, somebody had mentioned something on uh, Instagram and Jake actually commented on it. And he was, so he was happy with the name change. And plus for me, he, he kind of lives the whole war horse thing real hard. So like he is war horse. He has defined it via his promos and then the way he carries himself in the ring. So like no love lost, no hate, mad respect for him too. Cause he's putting in the work and getting out there. Um, it's just something that worked out for us. Luckily when, you know, awesome. Hey, you guys have been, uh, kind of, uh, uh attributed to, you know, I, I love listening to, to to Paul and Jim on on the Fight Underground in the Rise commentary because uh, they'll throw back like what teams they you you remind them of. I think I hear a lot of Legion of Doom Road Warriors in there, of course. Um, I always get a kick out of because uh, uh, your communication, whether it's doing your promos or 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 
um, hear you kind of growl commands at each other in the ring has been kind of interesting. <laughs> like, it, like I just, I just get a kick out of that every time I hear you guys in there. It, and that was just like a, it was a natural thing because I, uh, I used to, so there was a wrestler called uh, named Dustin Ray. He just recently stepped away from the business, but I always loved it because like when he would cut his promos or when he would talk to people, we would always call it his Batman voice. Because he was just like, <laughs> get your ass over here, or something like that, or get yeah. your ass up. And so, like, little things like that. Um, and even with, like, the Legion of Doom, uh, like, or the, the Road Warriors and stuff like that, they would they would do that. And they would be like, man, that's cool. And it's very intense. Mm-hmm. And it gets a reaction from people when you do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it just became a thing where, because, like, in tag team wrestling, you can talk to your partner. He's literally right there. So it's like, why wouldn't I talk to him? But you can't just like talk to him like this because that just seems silly. Yeah. But if I like yell at Pat with an intensity to do something, or he yells at me with an intensity to do something, that changes the game because it's a sense of urgency. There's a sense of aggression to it. So that's kind of how we literally do stuff. Like we'll be in separate parts of a locker room or building, and you'll hear a crosshairs or you'll hear a bruiser, and then it'll be vice versa to like just get each other's attention. So. It's just something that just kind of happened organically and naturally, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's stuck. <laughs> uh, obviously, Pat is the most talkative one in promos, as you can tell. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so it's funny because I, I try to get him to talk more, but then like a lot of times people are like, he needs to say less. He's big. He's menacing. Like yeah. Just let him sit there and just breathe heavily. And I'm like, but he can't he can talk, though. Like yeah. He can speak, and he can cut a mean promo when he wants to. It's just like, I have this... As you can tell, and just this, I can run run my mouth all the time. I talk mm. trash all the time. I just, I talk shit to him all the time. It pisses him off more than oh, anything. I'm sure, but <laughs> <laughs> but he does the same thing, and so it's funny because like, as much as like I say I talk in promos, like his physicality just meets like the trash talk that I bring. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm not I'm not afraid to get my hands dirty either. So it's a, uh, I feel like it's fairly balanced ish. Um. But we're working on getting him speaking more, at least yelling at people. Okay. Okay. So I'm waiting for that Pat the Bruiser, (laughs) uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, speech next time we uh, uh, see each other again, right? It'll be a full soliloquy. Yeah. Excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Uh, So, you know, I don't want to spend too much. Obviously, you guys are in the parking lot getting ready to go train and get better at kicking ass. Uh, over there, about, so about six o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> whatever time it is, um, whenever people are seeing this. But anyways, so let's let's go and close this out. First of all, uh, question I like to I like to throw out to you guys: um, What is the best and worst thing about independent wrestling? <laughs> um. I would say. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm pondering. The best thing that uh, I think that I've, my independent wrestling, is two, it's it's, it's time between two things the brotherhood and traveling. You get to travel all over. I have been places that I know I would never, I never would have been if it wasn't for independent wrestling. I wrestled in. I've wrestled in some towns that are so small, not even on our map, and I wrestled in some major cities that I thought I'd never see. And it's just, it, it, it's 
crazy. And then the, the friendship that you gain mm-hmm. throughout these travels and the people you meet on these in these little towns that 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 see independent wrestling as like their WWE and it's just the greatest feeling ever. And that's just that's probably the best thing about independent wrestling, honestly. Yeah, for me, it's definitely the um, it's the excitement. There's nothing more exciting than like getting in front of that live crowd and just feeling that energy and from the way that they they react to what you do. Being able to control a crowd mm-hmm. is just something special. Being able to have them cheer or boo you is just it's an awesome feeling. That I don't think there it's literally an addiction. That so it's like it's like give and take like. For everything that's great with wrestling, like you know, you you do end up, you know, you miss out on things because you're you're trying to grind, you're trying to hustle, and you want to be better. So you have to put in the time, you have to put in the effort, and you have to travel, you have to go to shows, you have to miss, you know, family events. But it's worth it in my mind though too because, like, eventually, hopefully, it's going to pay off. It will pay off when you put in the work and you know, just being in that ring. There's nothing like it. And then there will never be anything like it. That's great. So, so I want I want to throw a little challenge question out here since we talked about how uh, Pat is going to drop us a monologue next time we see him for Fight Underground. Uh, Pat, do. Pat, can you give any words of wisdom for everybody out there dealing with their lockdowns and uh, and and trying to get back to normalcy these days? Just a something, something, some, something to to get people motivated. Uh, just ride the wave. Just ride the wave, man. Like it, it's it's a it's a crazy thing happening right now, but it's all you got to do is keep riding the wave, listen to what they're telling you to do, and it'll all pass eventually. Eventually, the grass is greener on the other side. There you go, guys. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to see you guys shoot your matches and Thanks, have a conversation with you guys uh, once again. Please let everybody know where they can find you on social media and follow what's going on. So they can. So they can find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram um, at uh, Warhouse MDK uh, for all of those. And then we just started a Pro Wrestling Tease. So you can just search us on Pro Wrestling Tease slash Warhouse. Warhouse. There you go. Thank you guys so much. And, of course, check them out, check them out in action over at IndieWrestling.us, IndieWrestling.network, The Fight Underground, and all the places that we were talking about here today. Uh, and uh, until next time, please support Indie Wrestling. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.